the first time that Emmaus Road Church participated in the hometown Christmas, we, we took over the, the carnival and the games, and Santa came here, and, and then we participated in the lighted, the lighted vehicle parade, and, and we walked down the town, and we passed out invites on these candy canes to anyone who came to the parade. And, and I remember this because the first time we did it, I walked, we're doing it, and, and the parade's not that long, but I, we, we're passing out these invites, and I go into MJ's, and I'm, and I'm passing them out in MJ's. And this guy looks at me, I, I mean, this is what he says to me, he goes, you know you're at a bar, right? And I'm, I look, and I'm like, yeah? Like, just, I, I didn't know where he was going to go with this, and he goes, Huh? And, and, and because I invited him to come to Christmas Eve service, he says, well, why don't you sit down and have a beer with me? And I said, because I got to pass out like these hundreds of invites and, and the parade only lasts about 45 seconds. And, um, <laughs> and I said, but I'm going to come back in just a little bit. Just give me a few minutes. So uh, we get out, I get out and I, if you haven't helped out with that, please help out. I mean, we, we, we never get enough invites out, and, and there's people always looking for them. But anyways, so we finish the parade up, and then uh, we go into the community center, and we eat the, the free Sloppy Joe, and then I walk back down to MJ's, and, and I have a beer with this guy. And, and I don't remember if he ever came to church. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but here's what happened that night. That night, MJ's became a place where that I felt sent to. MJ's became a place that I felt God calling me to have a heart for the people, the patrons of MJ's. So, um, so I had a new goal that day, and my goal was to become known as the pastor of MJ's bar. I thought someone's going to be there, and they're going to pass out a beer, and we call that person the bartender. And I'm going to be in there, and I'm going to be passing out Jesus whenever I get a chance. I'm going to be the pastor of MJ's. I was tempted to even change my Facebook status, or, you know, you can say your occupation. I wanted to say pastor of MJ's bar. <laughs> at some point, and I don't know when, but MJ's and the patrons of MJ's asked me to come and pray at their 9-11 memorial ride where the bikers come from all over to do this ride in memory of of those who lost their lives on 9-11. So I went, and for multiple times, multiple years since I've been here, I've gone to MJ's on, on the Saturday or Sunday, I forget, before 9-11, and, um, and I pray there. And because I'm a pastor and they give me a mic, I take the couple extra minutes and, and, I, and I talk about who Jesus is. And since then, I've also had a number of conversations in MJ's about this Jesus that, that we we believe in, and, and I'm telling you this because, because um, after I, I uh, resigned from Mayus Road Church, I went there the other night for that basketball game, and when I went in there, a number of the people just took turns, and they walked up to me, and they just said, hey, man, we're really sad you're leaving, and the owner comes up to me, and he says the same thing, and, and, and you start to understand, not a brag, I'm not, I love those people. We are called to go into the world and proclaim and, and profess to tell the world about this Jesus. 
some people might be like, man, you're the pastor of MJ's, and I would be like, yeah, man, I'm trying to be, because those are the people that Jesus loves. I tell you this because, because I want us to be a church, no matter who the pastor is. We all, all of those, all of us who are calling on the name of Jesus are called into this ministry where Jesus is asking us to go. And I want you guys to be thinking about if MJ's is the place where God hits me in my heart for the people, I want to know where God is hitting you in the heart. And if you don't have that place yet, that you would start to pray about it. Because being called to go isn't just for pastors and missionaries, and I know you guys know that. It's for each one of us. It's for each person who confess Christ. It's for each person who has been set free by the gospel. They are called to set other people free through the sharing of Christ and through the work of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things that prevents us from doing this is knowing how. So starting today, we're going to be taking a look at the Great Commission today, and then we're going to be going through this, this sermon series, which we're taking from, from the book Bless. And we're going to be walking through these, these uh, five ways, steps, encouragements to, to learn to have deliberate relationships of ministry with those people who are around us. And it's important, and I want to show you how important it is. How many people in this room right now know somebody or can think of somebody that they would love it, they would love it if that person were to come to know Jesus Christ? Like how, think of the person who you would be thrilled if you were at home and they came up to your door and they start, and you're like, man, who's knocking on my door like they're the police? So you whip the door open and, 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 and picture the person. Picture the person. And you open the door and they're standing there and they say, Jesus saved me this week. My sin, my shame, my guilt, all the things that, that, that weigh me down in this world, I have learned this week that Jesus died on the cross for me. Who's the person? Anyone in this room picture someone? If so, just raise your hand. Let me see. Picture someone. Then now you see how important it is for us to learn how to have intentional, deliberate conversations with the people of this world that we are called to go it is important for us to learn how to engage the people that God places on our hearts and those he surrounds us with let's pray and then we're going to keep we're going to look at our text for today dear Lord Jesus thank you for the ways that you um, work in us Lord and we are not perfect at sharing our faith we're not perfect at engaging people Lord and, and maybe we're just really really bad at it Lord but Lord, would you just teach us and guide us into how to build intentional relationships so that we can have fruitful opportunities of sharing you, Lord. 
may you work in us, Lord. And may you forgive us when we chicken out. May you forgive us when we don't love. May you forgive us when we don't live this out the way that we could. In your name we pray, amen. So the text we're going to be looking from comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. It says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So this is after the resurrection. Jesus had seen them, and then Jesus sent word and said, Hey, I want you to meet me. We're going to go out and spend some time together. And then we get to verse 17. When they saw him, hear these words, these are great words. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I command you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the ages. That ends our reading. So Jesus gathers the disciples, and, and, and they have this meetup. And, and, and I love it because it says they were worshiping him, and some, what? Doubted. And, and, and I want you just to think about that, that, that they're worshiping him and they're doubting him. And, and it doesn't tell us what they're actually doubting because we know that they had, they had walked with Jesus. They knew that he had died. They didn't even resurrect in front of them. So I don't know what they're doubting, but they have this, 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 this doubt. And, 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 and we'll come back to this in a minute, but, but he's about to give them the great commission. He's about to give the disciples the calling of the church. If, if, if you're new to the church, if you're new to Christianity, this is what Christi Christians are supposed to do. And we hear the word supposed, and it sounds like, man, you got to do something. Well, I want you to hear it like this. This is what we get to do. Christ calls us into ministry for the people who don't yet know him. But he's about to give them this great commission. He's about to tell the disciples uh, the calling of the church, and, 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 and it says some doubted. But first look at Jesus' command to us, he's, his calling to us. And his calling starts with the words, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now when we usually talk about the Great Commission, we jump right into the action of, of, of the going and everything else, but we should stop before we even get there. Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. That means that the same person who said, let there be light, and there was light, is also the same person saying, go into all the world. The same person. John 1 tells us this, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. So the same power by which creates and calls light into being is the same calling that we have to go out into the whole world and, and proclaim who He is. This isn't just some rah-rah speech of go get it done. This isn't like when your buddies or your siblings talk you into to eating the, 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 the hot chip challenge. This isn't like when, when like you're, you're standing on the edge of a bridge. I don't know if you've, these are a couple of dumb things I've done in my life. When you're standing on the edge of a bridge and, and some of your friends are like, jump into the water, you can do it. And you're like, I don't know if I should. And then you do it. It's, this is not that type of go. This is the type of go where the one who has authority over all heaven and earth is calling us into a ministry 
that almost seems impossible. I mean, doesn't it? You have 11 guys. Jesus is talking to these 11 guys, and you need to understand who these 11 are. It's actually, it's the disciples. And, 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 and when you read the first 26 chapters of Matthew or 25 chapters of Matthew, how many disciples are there? 12. Okay, there we go. So you have the 12 disciples. Now we're down to 11. Why? Because one of the people Jesus picks betrays him to kill him. And then Jesus looks at these 11 who are remaining, and he says, hey, I understand that you're a tax collector, and you're a doctor, and five or six of you are fishermen, and you're not even that good at being fishermen because out of, the, well, the one time we were in the boat together, or one of the times we were in the boat together, you guys almost sunk our whole boat and killed all of us, and I had to save us. And then, and then he says to them, this is the same group of people who, who when Jesus says, hey, and the government gets said to me, all I'm asking you to do is pray, just pray. They fall asleep three times. This is the same group of people where Jesus says, hey, where he's around his disciples, and the disciple pulls out a, a knife and, and, and cuts off the guy's ear, and he says, whoa, I, 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 I've never told you to do anything like that. So I want you to look at these 11 remaining disciples, and Jesus gives these people who probably not the most equipped people ever in the world, and he gives these 11 people, these 11 misfits, the, 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 the mission, the calling. He gives it to the right people. The right people heard this. You want to know why? Because if it would have been the, the, the 11 best remaining scripture teachers of all time, then we would all have a reason why we're not going to be a part of it. But Jesus picks 11 people, and when you go and you start learning about who they are, you'll be like, man, that dude messed up quite a bit. But I want you, I want us to see that God is calling us. And it's not about the person who's going out and doing everything. It's about the person giving the calling to us. It is because he has all authority on heaven and earth. And then we get to verse 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then verse 20, it says, and teaching them to obey everything I command you. The first thing we see is the word go. The mission isn't a sit back and wait. And I hear Christians say this all the time, I'm just waiting for God to open doors for me. Man, I don't know how we judge when God opens a door or not. Like, yeah, you know, I just don't feel comfortable with that. I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable sharing my faith. Who does? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, you want... I just want to sit down and talk to you, and I want you to hear everything I have to say about how you're wrecking your life and how you're a sinful person and how, how only Jesus can save you. And, and I want you to accept that and be, like, all cheery about it. Might happen. Might not. Jesus is saying, go. This isn't a sit-back-and-wait mission, but it's also not a charge mission, and you beat Jesus into people. It's a sending mission. It's a, it's a go. It's, it's a pray to have your, 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 your eyes and your ears open for the people. This go means that we live outward lives that proclaim Christ. You know, when, when in, in Matthew, or Mark chapter 16, when he talks about it, he says, he says to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Did you catch that? Those who believe will be saved, 
And believe what? You have to ask, like, well, believes what? That believes that Jesus Christ died for their sins. Whoever believes that Jesus died for their sins will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. It sounds like an important message that we're being called into sharing. That, and, 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 and when we hear, we say, man, that sounds very exclu- exclusive and, and, or inclusive. And, 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 and you know what it is? It's, it's a message saying, hey, you know what? Stop carrying everything on your own and recognize that Jesus has done it for you. We are people to live outward, faith-based lives. We are people who are called to share with other people that we are repentant of the mistakes we make in life and that Jesus' death and resurrection is what has, pro- has saved me. And if we were to be honest, this type of intentional living is scary. We feel truly inadequate. We're scared of the rejection. We're scared people won't believe. We're scared of of all these things or all these reasons why we're not going to go out and share. And that's why we're going to spend the next five weeks going through this blessed acronym, this book. And I want you to look at this because it's, it's, it's stuff that we can do. And it says begin in prayer. That's chapter one. Chapter two is listen. Three is eat with people. Four is serve others and be served by people. And five is share. And then believe me, I want to just start talking a little bit about each one of them, but we're not going to. We're going to save it for each week. But, but I want you to know these are great ways, reminders as a, for how we can engage the world around us. If you raised your hand and you said, man, I have that person who I really want to see come to know knowledge of Christ, how do you want it to happen? Are you, dear Lord, send, send somebody else to go talk to my friends about Jesus. Is that it? Dear Lord, I don't want to face any awkward moments in life, so I'm just praying a Bible falls out of the air and it hits them in the head and when they look down, it's open to the right page and the words are really big on this page and, and they read them and they're like, man, that sounds great. Amen. If that is how we are going to, to hope that the people who we, we think of come to faith, it could happen because I mean, I believe everything is possible through prayer, I guess. But it's not what I want to depend upon. It's not what Jesus is asking us to depend upon. And as you think through this calling, as you think about how hard it seems, and as Satan starts to whisper all of his garbage in your ears, I want you to see something in verse 19 and 20. I'm going to read these two verses to you, but I want you to see these three things on the board. It says this, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. That's what Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and, and, and baptizing them in the, in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the ages. We need to remember that, that, that the authority that we have is, is, is that Christ is our backer. You know what? When I was younger, I was a punk. Like, I was a real punk. Some people probably still think I am. It's okay. But I was a real punk, and I got in fights all the time. Like, in high school, like, I loved it. Like, I loved getting in fist fights. I did not care. Like, the only time I cared was when I had been suspended five times each school year because the sixth time was an automatic expulsion. 
you're done. There's no coming back from the sixth one. So at five, I stopped every year. So my long, younger brother knew something. My little brother knew that he could walk around and run his mouth, and he always knew what? I'm there to stick up for him. Now let's think about that in a positive way. We get to go out and not run our mouth, but we get to go out and use our words to proclaim who Christ is, knowing that big brother Jesus is walking with us. And we aren't doing it in our name. It's not on our behalf. It's, on, it's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And when I say that to you, just remember that in that name, demons shudder. In that name, the blind receive sight. In that na- name, the lame learn or begin to walk again. And in that name, the dead receive life. And then he says this, Surely I am with you always to the ends of the ages, that you would know that there is a helper who goes with you. He has given us authority to, to do these things in his name, and he journeys with us. I'm telling you this because we doubt. We deny this. We, we doubt our ability to go to the ends of the earth. And when we think about Jesus, what Jesus is calling to us to, we go in the full Moses mode. We come up with excuses that we're not good enough talkers, we're not smart enough, that, that, that he can't use me because of all my past sins and everything else. And all of it is a lie because if you were to look through the scriptures and you looked at who God uses, he uses adulterers, he uses murderers, he uses all these people who, who would just not be the typical person that you think that God would use. And I tell you that because God wants to use us broken people to reach other broken people. When you go and you confess to people what Christ has done for you, you aren't going up to them and saying, hey, guess what happened to me today? What? I kept seven out of the Ten Commandments. Ugh. I didn't steal today, all because of Jesus. No, that's not what we confess. When we go out and tell people what Christ has done for us, we go out and say, hey, man, guess what? What? I really messed up today. I feel horrible about it, but guess what? God died for my sins. Jesus Christ died for my sins. That's what we're confessing. That's what we give to people. We need to take comfort in knowing that he has called us by his authority and we are doing this in his name, that he is going with us. And when we live in that truth and when we know that truth, when we are depending on him, we are not doing it in our own strength. And in that moment, we are more than able. I, uh, didn't have this story in here, but it just made me think of it. My one person who I always wanted to see come to faith was my dad. My dad was like stone cold. My dad was the baddest dude I've ever met in my life. Feared nothing. One time we were driving home and these three gangbangers, I lived in a bad neighborhood, were beating up on this one little kid and my dad got out of the car. He had just had surgery and my dad tries to fight all three of them. And when he does this, I'm sitting in the front seat, and I think I'm a tough guy, and I did this. <laughs> and I hid in the chair because I didn't want anyone to see me. I didn't want to get beat up going to school. My dad was, was just the guy who had, like, the toughest heart. And I prayed for years, and, and, and I, just, I still remember the day my dad came to faith. 
I doubted that he ever would. All right, praise the Lord. I'm going to close with this. The praise team, you can come back up here now, and I'm just going to close with this last verse that I'm going to read you. It's the verse that I gave J.J. last week. J.J. You guys like J.J.'s name? J.J. In confirmation, I always say I to him, J.J. Anyway, I gave this word to th- this, this verse to J.J. because I said to J.J., J.J., you're an influential kid. God has given you like this cool factor and you can either use it to, to be kind and speak into people's lives or you can use it to, to just be a turd. Pick one. Pick one. Here's, the, here's the, the, the verses, and here's how they go. Hear them. The church needs to hear these verses. How then can they, they be in the world? How can, the, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Look at your feet. Look down. Look at your feet. Probably need to to scrub those up a little bit. Take out the phyllo and get rid of the bunions, lotion them up and all that stuff. But your feet's beauty are determined by the words that come out of your mouth. Right? Right? Your feet's beauty. Have you ever thought about that? Your feet's beauty are determined by the words that are proclaimed. Church, be sent. Church, be sent. Church, live differently. Live in repentance. Tell the world of Jesus' love. Church, don't be like the world. May God give us the grace and the love for those who are out there and around us. Let's pray.